got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian. Joining me on the show today, it is Sev. Afternoon, Brian. I've got your little stable. It's a few weeks late, but fuck it, I'm sticking with it. This week, we're going with the Brian Kendrick, the pirate, or virtual, Mantar, a rap from Max Caster, and what people do to the WrestleMania side. And this stable's called The Rumble Was Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good, man. It's a stretch, but I got there. Hey, you always find a way. Yeah, yeah. I hook up my crook. Yeah, you. <laughs> you work backwards though. You have the end goal in mind, and then you figure out, okay, how do I get here? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. The only way you can it. do it. Yeah, that's the only way you can do it. <laughs> Nicely done. I like that one. Uh, special shout out to Occam's Laser for the excellent intro theme of the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Fam- Wow, Bandcamp, not Fancamp, Bandcamp, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. I wonder if Fancamp exists. Is that called fan camp? I thought that was like fansly or something. I don't know. Please take a moment to do us a favor and be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you try to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review. It helps us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers. See what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zanku. So yeah, Seb, it's been a minute. Uh, it's, I think, almost three weeks since we've uploaded a normal episode of Blood and Destroyers. Apologies for the break, the impromptu break, the unplanned break. Uh, you know, the last episode that we put up was the one where we had a quick tribute right at the very beginning to Jay Briscoe, but we didn't mention it on the episode because we had found out like right after we had finished recording an hour after. So the very next week, you and I did sit down and recorded an episode of Blood and Destroyers, but for multiple reasons, it never ended up getting edited and never aired. And I just don't feel like putting it up now because it's it's old several news. weeks new old news exactly like nobody cares anymore right but we did have a really touching discussion on jay briscoe at the start of that show so we are going to splice that in to our discussion right now sev a bit of an unfortunate week in the wrestling industry mm-hmm. um literally about 45 minutes after we had finished recording last week's episode i was at the store Um, Because that's one of the big reasons we had to rush through last week's episode was I needed to make it to the store before they closed. Um, And I was I think I had just parked or I was doing something and you had messaged me and you'd like, what the fuck is this real? And it was a a tweet from Tony Khan announcing the the passing of of Jay Briscoe. And you did your own digging before I even had a chance to respond and determined that, yeah, you know, this is legit. Um, So I was able to include because it hadn't posted yet that little thing at the beginning of last week's episode but we didn't really talk about it at all last week because we didn't know right it it theoretically hadn't been reported yet i guess that that something had happened by the time we had finished recording it's always really sad when somebody passes away obviously right but i think it hits a lot harder you know thinking back to brody when they are still active 
week yeah. in and week out. Now I know Brody got sick, right? Jay Briscoe is part of Ring of Honor, so they didn't have a TV deal. So it's not like we we were seeing him every week, but he's still active, right? The Briscoes were technically still are Ring of Honor tag team champions. Um, so I think it always hits a little bit harder than it does when, say, you know, a legend who's in their 60s, 70s or 80s or something like that passes away that we haven't seen in a while. It's still sad, but it's a different sort of impact. It's a different sort of effect. And it's really unfortunate that the Briscoes and, and, and I guess more specifically, Jay got some of the rap that he did from some comments that he made previously right and, and that being one of the big reasons why Warner Media didn't want the Briscoes as part of AEW and, and yeah. some of the comments that he had made previously and it's a shame man like that on top of cancel culture is an absolute fucking shame because they weren't able to really do anything on Dynamite last week to pay tribute to Jay Briscoe because Warner Media didn't want them to so, like, that's why it was barely referenced on air, right? They did the graphic. The wrestlers had the J armbands, which mm-hmm. the executives can't stop, but they can stop, you know, like a video package or something like that, right? So they had to record a tribute show after Dynamite had aired that'll be posting on YouTube and Ring of Honor's streaming service in the near future. But you see all these stories coming out from people that knew him, as a wrestler, as a friend, as a family member, and he's nothing like the character, right? So a lot of the shit that they say when they're in character, like MJF toes the same line, right? And and gets away with it, but not everyone is so lucky. And it's just really unfortunate that they weren't able to devote more time to Jay Briscoe last week on Dynamite as a tribute because of negative connotations when when clearly after seeing so many tributes so many stories so many tweets so many instagram posts of how awesome of a person he was it's really sad and i think that we were blessed in 2022 to have the feud between ftr and the briscoes as like the last major feud for the Briscoes as a tag team and potentially FTR right now as they take a hiatus because it it really was probably 2022's feud of the year and and how amazing all three of those matches were. Um, You know, he's going to be sorely missed. And I did see a positive update because in the car accident, it was him and his daughters, 112-19, driving back from a cheerleading event of some sort. And another car crossed the median of the road and hit them head on. And the driver of that car and Jay Briscoe both passed away. So didn't even do anything wrong. Wasn't even at fault, unfortunately. Um, but his daughters were severely injured. And one of them, the 12-year-old, was had lost all feeling from like her waist down, but is starting to regain it. And then his youngest is in a back brace, but they've both been like able to lightly move around, get in and out of wheelchairs and that kind of stuff. So it's going to take them a long time to recover, but at least they're recovering. Yeah, um, it was it was heartbreaking news to see. To be honest, um, he's, he's left behind the family. He's left behind his wife. Um, he was taken unfairly, um, and he will be sorely missed. Yeah, it's a big shock. Yeah, yeah, it really sucks, man. 
So once again, I know I said it last week, but uh, rest in peace to Jay Briscoe, Jamin Pugh. And man, thanks for all the memories, right? Thanks for all those excellent mm-hmm. tag matches and singles matches. Let's not let's not forget about his Ring of Honor world title reign. Yeah, dude was awesome. Yeah, yeah, dude yeah. was awesome. So we'll be sorely missed. All right, Seven. Now we are back here live, current time, recording February 5th, and uh, still missing Jay Briscoe. Yeah. Left a hole. Definitely left a hole. I've seen some updates on his daughters. They are both, you know, progressing well. Um, I think his oldest is still struggling some with feeling below her knees or something like that. But, uh, you know, there's hope and she's still getting better. So everything is hopefully going to be okay. Um, There is one quick thing that I want to mention before we dive into recapping the last week of AEW content. Did you see that they are finally doing house shows? I did. What have they called them? House Rules. House Rules. Yeah, so it's called House Rules. Keeping with the poker theme. Um, I guess, yeah. So this starts on Saturday, March 18th in a random ass location of Troy, Ohio. I don't and know they like why. Ohio, they? They, they do like Ohio. Um, I don't know why you would pick Troy, Ohio as your first location for a house show. It is about, I don't know, I don't know exactly how long. It's north of Dayton, and Dayton is where they were at this past week for Dynamite and Rampage tapings. So um, they probably just wanted to announce it close to them so they would freak out and hopefully go buy tickets and maybe sell it out. I can't imagine they're in anything bigger than like a a 2,000-seat arena or something like that in Troy, Ohio. But uh, we'll see how this goes, and we'll see how many they do. Yeah, do they not announce like a a slew of dates, or is it just one date? It's just this one date. Okay. That's all that's been shown. Saturday, March eighteenth. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we'll have to see what they uh, what they decide to do with this. I I can't imagine they start going out on the week two or three times. You know what I mean? Like hitting city after city. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. We're, be, we're, I'd be surprised if we got more than one per month. Yeah, I think that's how you make it special, isn't it? You want one per month rather than a different city every night or a different city a week. So we'll see. We we'll will see. see what they do. All right. I have a little story to... Uh, do you? Yeah. Wow. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, okay. I, I don't have full details, but apparently there's some sort of a licensing issue going on with Luchasaurus's mask. Have you seen You know this? what? I did see this. That might be the reason why he's not on TV at the moment. Yes. The license holder didn't give them permission to use it or something, and they've tried to, they tried to like buy that license, and it's not gone through, and their, their options are pay, pay back for previous to use a new ma- mask, which they've already refused to redesign on, or unmask Luchasaurus. Now, I did see, however that they did have a mask made for Luchasaurus that was their original own design that they decided not to use. Yeah, that's all, all the information I have, um, and that's probably why we haven't seen Luchasaurus for a few weeks, probably because, yeah, they don't, if they keep using Lucha's mask, then they're going to have to pay more pay, pay more money. I'd probably have to start paying back what they've made on their merch sales with his face on it, with that mask on it already. So I wonder what they're going to do. I, I really hope they don't unmask him, to be honest. I mean, that would be rough, right? I, I can't, it's not I mean, really a Luchasaurus, then, is he? Yeah, you can't really call him Luchasaurus if he doesn't have a dinosaur mask. I mean, Kane unmasking and still being Kane, Kane's a name. Luchasaurus isn't a name. He's Luchasaurus a is a creature. Yes. Yeah, supposed to be. So, we'll see. That would suck for him. Be the end. What would he have to go back to? What was his name before? Uh, Judas something? 
I'm not sure he was in NXT, wasn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of his name back then. It was Judas something, I think. Maybe it was just Judas. I don't remember. I don't know. I sh- uh, let me let me take a quick peek because now I'm curious of what it was. Judas Devlin. That's what it yeah, was. It's very generic. That's what it was. Judas Devlin. All right, man. You ready to jump into uh, last week's Elevation and Dark? Yeah. All right. Kicking things off with Elevation, January 30th. This was taped at the Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. We had seven matches. Red Velvet defeated Billy Starks. Billy Starks has been uh, getting quite a bit of AEW B-show airtime. I think which she's is really assigned, to be fair. Do you know she's still in high school? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. There were people making noise about it, like she's she's a young up and comer and she's getting a lot of indie She's in, she's a stuff. fucking senior, dude, and traveling the states, wrestling with major promotions. Like, man, she's living the dream while still in high school when we had the dream. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking incredible. Alex Reynolds and John Silver defeated Anthony Henry and JD Drake. There's your boy losing again. Uh, Roosh defeated Brian Pillman Jr. Sky Blue and Yuka Sakazaki defeated Athena and Diamante. Yes. Top Flight defeated Ari Davari and Tony Nice. Brody King and Malachi Black defeated Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. Not the last time we would see the combination of Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd this week. And in the main event of Elevation, Claudio Castagnoli defeated Blake Christian to retain the ROH title. Yeah, shout out to Sakazaki Blues. That was a good match. Sakazaki Blues? Yeah. Madison Rain was out there too. She was, yeah. I forgot about her. Unfortunately. <laughs> Moving on to Dark Tuesday, January 31st. We have a Universal Studios taping, Orlando, Florida. Two, four, six, eight, nine matches total on this Dark. AR Fox and Top Flight defeated Cesar Bononi, Peter Avalon, and Ryan Nemeth. Uh, I don't remember if it was this Dark or it may have been the week prior when we skipped a week, but there was something funny with Peter Avalon because he cut his hair, right? Like, he shaved yeah. it all off, which sucks. But there was a taping because it was, like, from several weeks ago, whatever, when they were at Universal Studios at the beginning of December, he had his long hair after he had already been seen on Elevation with short hair the, okay. very, the pre- very previous night. <laughs> And uh, Excalibur is like, and for some reason, uh, Peter Avalon has put extensions into his hair to give himself his old appearance for one night only. <laughs> so, so does that mean they like they redo the commentary later on? Oh, the commentary is fresh. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like the commentary, the commentary is not from three weeks. No. Ago. So like, Taz yeah. and Excalibur will sit down and do the commentary for Dark and Elevation before, um, probably before Dynamite and Rampage. Okay. Either that or they'll just phone it in from home. I don't know. I mean, it's still good quality. It sounds like they're using their actual mics. Um, Yeah, the the commentary is always provided well after the fact. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know the exact timing. I imagine it's at some point on a Wednesday or maybe even on a Friday when Fridays are live. But they probably sit down and record like that coming up weeks. Well, probably just well, I don't know. It would have to be later because I couldn't do it before because that that coming up weeks elevation is filmed before and sometimes after dynamite. So it couldn't be before dynamite, but it does have to be at some point after because they don't do it live. They sit back there, but they don't yeah. actually record their real commentary until much later. It's something I always thought because everything is current. Yeah, yeah, everything's up to date, and they let you know the matches that are coming up this week on on dynamite. So yeah, yeah, things are current. So I don't know. Uh, Red Velvet defeated Sophia Castillo. Zach Clayton defeated Fulton. Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson defeated Dean Alexander and Rosario Grio. 
Sky Blue defeated Renee Michelle. J.D. Griffey and Shane Taylor, Shane Taylor Promotions, defeated Dante Casanova and Mr. G. You, Mr. G. Yuka Sakazaki defeated Avery Bruh. Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake defeated Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray. Hey, they got a win. They got a win. And in the main event, Konosuke Takeshita defeated Angelico. Nice. I need to go back and watch that match. I didn't catch that one. That's a good pairing. That's definitely a good pairing. It's a, a match I want to see as well. I haven't watched it yet, so I need to. I'm a big fan of Angelico, as you know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, man. Well, that is dark. Shall we move into Dynamite? Yeah, light the fuse. Bring the boom. We had a pretty decent Dynamite, I would I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bordering above decent at times. I think this was a really fun show. And we sat down ranked six things. Yeah. And since you are taking the segments, I will take the highs. You will take the lows. You may start us off. What is your number six from this past Dynamite from the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio? Ohio. So number six is going to be for me uh, the acclaimed verse uh, Truth and Turbo. What do you say the names are? Truth Magnum and Truth Turbo Magnum Floyd. and Turbo Floyd. That's my number six as well. See, this was uh, I, I linked in the, the little promo afterwards. I thought this was actually as did I. It was a fun little ten minutes. To be fair, uh, Max Caster was very gyratory. Uh, he was given a lot of thrust, especially when they did the um, the Sesame Timbers thrusting back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this match lasted all of thirty seconds. I want to say. I think the longest part of this match was Turbo and Truth doing 50 their exaggerated fifty, 50 seconds. seconds. There you go. They did their exaggerated um, scissors, and then uh, the one of them got bopped with a clothesline and didn't quite get over the rope, so he had to get himself over the rope, and then he never came back in. I think we got we got a slam, and then we got the, a three-way scissor, and then we got the arrival, and then we got a mic drop. Boom, ended the match, and then <laughs> that, that, that was that, and then the guns came down. And the guns, um, yeah, well, they, well, the guns were mouthing off, um, and the acclaimed were mouthing off. Billy Gunn <laughs> was really in to what I the like acclaimed listening was to saying. you summarize a segment. <laughs> Billy Gunn was really into it, wasn't he? He was like, he was, he was, he was going along with the crowd, and then as soon as they started like bickering a little bit, he's just like, oh, I can't take this anymore. Man, he flipped the switch, he flipped really quickly. Um, and then, yeah, so he he walked away. And what did, uh, what did the guns say? They go, We'll just walk away like you always do, and he. Mm, Go drown yourself at the bottom of a pill bottle. That's it. That was the line that and he, like, he made him stop for a second time, and then he came back to the ring. And the whole crowd was like, ooh. But yeah, I, don't, I think the nicest part of this segment was the fact that Austin Gunn was shaking. So when he got, when Billy got back in the ring and he was like, Oh, you could do, he, yeah, no, he intense, like personal intensity was at a maximum, dude. This was a a very tense segment, even though we have it ranked at the bottom, I think for a number of reasons that we'll get into. But um, in terms of it being like a personal story between everyone involved, they did a really good job and you can tell it shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so Billy Billy gave away the match, gave the title match away, and then uh, he walked off. Uh, the guns turned around and they started smiling. So we'll see what happens next week. Uh, but I'm a bit unsure of what, what is going to go down. You and your boy were just talking in Discord. We were. About Billy potentially turning on the acclaim to help his sons capture the tag titles. And I, I got to say, man, I had the thought. I did. It crossed my mind. Of course, it's going to. But why? They've already done that. 
back when they were a stable, when Anthony Bowens was injured, I want to say the first time he was injured, when they put the five of them together, what happened? Billy turned on the acclaimed with his sons. So why would you do that again? Him turning on the acclaimed to join his sons. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me because they just did it like six months ago. Doesn't mean they won't do it again, but I would really, really hate to see them rehash that storyline in, in such a short amount of time. Yeah. See, the acclaimed are still, they're still hot. They're still over with the crime. Yeah. But... Why would you kill daddy ass now? Like, of all times, why now? As I said to you before we started recording, they, they can get another, like, three or four t-shirts out of them. We can get a Valentine's Day t-shirt out of them. We can get an Easter t-shirt. Like, there's Dude, don't forget St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't see why they would cut Scissor me, Patty. Scissor, scissor me, Patty. Whoa, scissor me, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think it's right to replace the, the acclaimed with the guns as tag champions. But like I said, as good as the guns are getting... I think the I guns think... should be future tag champs. I do. Future. I think that... Yeah, future. I think they're good. And I think they have great characters. I think their work is really solid and has been very improved. Um, But but don't kill this yet. Yeah. Then it got me thinking, where's the rest of the tag division? I like, have no idea. F- FDR got... Did, did Tony leave him on the bus or something? Like, well, remember, they're, they're taking time off. They're done. They're gone. Yeah, F- FDR are taking time off. But where's, like, Top Flighter against the Bucks, aren't they? So that's Trio's division. Right? Yeah, Top Flight is now in the Trio's division right now. It doesn't really seem like there is much of anything left of the tag division at the moment. Well, the tag division has been, it's been kind of weird as of late, right? Like, a lot of it comes from factions of just random pairings. Uh, even the Jericho Appreciation Society, which has, you know, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard in it as a tag team, even they don't really work as a tag team all that much. So, um, in terms of traditional tag teams, there's there's not a ton left. The Butcher and the Blade, they're still out there. They are, yeah. They're so, they're so far down the rankings, uh, or down, down the stock list, as it were, that they're not really credible threats, are they? I mean, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett are a tag team now, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. What else do we got? Uh, the best friends. Best friends would technically count. I mean, you obviously... The Bucks, but they're tied into a trios with Omega. Um, yeah, there's not really a ton left. Nope. Lucha Bros. But they're with now Death Triangle more than just being themselves. So, who knows? Bit sparse over there. So go on, then, Brian. Tell me, uh, tell me what your number one is. So I'm very curious. <sighs> the top half of this show, how we're going to rank it. Um, Because I feel like my number one, my number two, and my number three could have all been either number one, number two, or number three. Did you struggle between your top three at all? Um, My one and my two, I knew. My three and my four, I think we might have switched. Um, We'll see how this goes. Number one for me is John Moxley taking on Hangman Adam Page. Oh, gosh, Brian. You ruined it already. No, it's number two on my list. Okay. All right. So you knew that was going to be your number two. <laughs> yeah. You knew you were going to take a poo all over Dan Moxley. Dan, that daddy Dan Moxley. <laughs> How fucking funny, dude. Shout out to Mox's dad, Dan. Uh, shout out to Mox's biggest fan, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Two different Dans, by the way. The Dan previously on this show. Um, I thought this was a really great match, man. Um, Mox attacking before the bell even rang during Hangman's entrance. I like when, you know, they do that from time to time. They brawled for a while, right? Um, Before they even got into the ring to start things. We had a ton of action on the outside before the bell actually rang. Um, Chaotic match. Hard-hitting match as we knew it would be. And I, I thought it was really good, man. 
Um, I didn't take notes during Dynamite or Rampage this week, so I am going strictly off memory. I just, well, I normally how I told you I've been watching on the computer and typing my notes as I watch on a notepad document. Yeah. Um, I've been tired this week because I've been really busy at work, so I laid down. And I just was lazy during Dynamite and Rampage. I actually fell asleep during Rampage and watched it. Wow. I had to watch it again the next day. Uh, so I watched, uh, I watched Dynamite twice this week. I watched it at work on Thursday. And I, I should it start. I afternoon. should start watching these twice. I really should before we record. I may have to start doing that. I mean, like the first time I watched it was to try and take notes, and then the second time I watched it was just to, like to reiterate stuff. But, yeah. So you always come more prepared. Oh yeah, I still forget things. I still, I still have my notes written out and then forget why what each note means. Um, <laughs> so I struggle. Oh, I struggle. Um, but yeah, they were they were both bleeding before the belly of a rank, to be fair. Yes. Um, yeah, we got we got loads of like stiff shots and stuff like that. So what I don't get, I don't get why Mox likes to do the like they get to the top rope and then he does the back scratchy thing. I oh guess. yeah. Like, that that really doesn't hurt, to be honest. Like I like I like scratching backs. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You're like, That's actually, can you can do. you do that just a bit harder? I got a I got an itch down there that I can't get out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why he's like, not like an avalanche back scratch, is it? Like, what do you <laughs> to the top row to do that? An avalanche. Dude, that's perfect. Yeah. But, Excalibur, um, steal that. Yeah. We did get a little uh, pop-up powerball through the table on the outside. Uh, we got we got a tomb shot. A tomb shot. We got a tombstone. We got a buckshot lariat. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mox kicked out of the buckshot lariat straight away, didn't he? And then, um, unfortunately, Mox got the... Uh, I think Hangman tried to put him in Mox's bulldog submission, and then Mox managed to roll it up, and we got the sneaky win from Moxley, which was quite a surprise, to be fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, it made sense, I guess, because... Hangman did win their previous match when Mox was quote unquote knocked silly, right? Two weeks mm-hmm. ago or whatever. So Mox getting the victory here. It makes sense because their first match stopped, right? Because of the concussion. So now they each have one win apiece, though there will be a third match. Or technically a fourth match. Yeah. They uh what was it? The Blackpool Combat Club came down afterwards. They, they did like separate them. Even though I think Hangman was like doing push ups and Moxley was doing like snow angels or something in the ring. Um they were showing that they both still wanted to keep going. So yeah, we're definitely getting like a last man standing or something. That's what I think too. I actually think this will probably lead to revolution at this point. Okay. Um, because we are about a month away, right? So there likely will be some storyline things that happen over the next several weeks. I don't think we get a fourth match before Revolution, but I do think at Revolution it will be a last man standing match. I can agree with that. Or a tar pit match. Tar pit match. That's number five on your list. Number five on my list. Um, it's going to be uh, Jay Cargill versus Red Velvet. That's my number five, too. Our six and five matched. I swear, if it's just the number one and two that we've got wrong. <laughs> but yeah, this was uh, this was a bit going for me, to be honest, obviously, because I was I was betting on Red Velvet. This was number 50 and 0 for Jay. When's she going to bloody lose it? But as soon as Velvet walked She's out... She's not! She is. She's got him. Nope. Um, Velvet was not wearing any gold. So <laughs> And I thought Jade was wearing gold, but I think she was wearing, it was more of like a bronzy color. I like how you're hinging on that now. It might not always be accurate. Mate, anything I could grasp to. It was more popular in the 80s and 90s to do that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. Layla Gray looked great in this match. Um, She's definitely doing really good work. Yeah. That is something we talked about on the episode that didn't post, actually, is is how fond we have been of, of Layla Gray's work in the baddies. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, ring, and a ring, uh, ring style's coming along really well. Yes. Um, did you did you spot the crowd member uh, shout, oh my God, when Jade went into the um, guardrail? Like, it wasn't a massive spot, but yeah, she was thrown into the guardrail and it was just like yeah. a crowd member right there. Yeah, oh and he God. is, he is, he's somebody. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't know who he is, um, but I, I think I saw it on social media. Maybe he has a, a YouTube channel or a podcast or something. Like, Edward's got a podcast today, something they do, but yeah, um, I'm pretty impressed with Jade managing to carry Red Velvet up the stairs, which uh, is not the first time we've seen that spot. (laughs) Okay, it's the first time I can remember seeing that spot. Oh, really? You don't remember the first time we've seen that spot? No, I mean, I can't remember stuff that happened like four weeks ago. So, Bianca Belair v Sasha Banks at WrestleMania, Bianca Uh, carried Sasha up the stairs like that. Ah, fair, fair. It's all hitting towards Sasha, then, isn't it? It's all hitting towards Sasha, man. She's going to be the one to dethrone Jade. I'm telling you. Mercedes Monet. Huh? Monet makes the world go round. Indeed. That's her uh, new catchphrase, isn't it? Is that what it actually is? I think so, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good, actually. It's not bad. It's not that's bad. Not, that's not um, bad. But yeah, Aubrey uh, got distracted after Kira Hogan came out and Red Velvet managed to do a little like shining wizard. No, she does like a spin around and then does a kick. Basically like Kofi Kingston's Trouble in Paradise, but with no air. Um, yeah, and she got Jade for like a five count as the crowd counted along. And then by the time Aubrey came over, she it got to like two and she kicked out. Uh, that was the writing on the wall then, wasn't it? So I think it's not going to happen. Right, um, yeah. Well, one, once Kiera came down to do the distraction, right, throwing Layla gray to the steps velvet should have had the victory but aubrey being distracted not getting the victory there you knew that was the end yeah yeah but i will give a shout out to red velvet she's got like a short arm scissor submission yeah um she put it in she put it on jade uh what was really nice is that jade was trying to like push up she was able to like kick her arm out i thought that's really it was a really uh, cool little addition to a submission she was able to kick her arms out but yeah, and then we got a nice little transition into the jaded. I think she pulled her up straight from the mat um, and spun around and then put her in the jaded. But that was it, and I was sad. And you were sad. <laughs> told you. Told you it wasn't going to be Red Velvet. Sorry. I just uh, do not know who it's going to be. If, if it's not Mercedes, I just don't know who it is at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping that she doesn't get past 50. I'm going to bank on that. Number opponent number fifty one, unless it turns out to be like Robin Renegade or something. Then. It probably will. It'll probably be BS opponents again till we get to like sixty or something like that. That's it. I don't. I don't really want her to lose it at a big number like fifty, seventy five, hundred. What was Goldberg? Hundred eighty seven or something. Was it? Was it really that high? Yeah. No. Yeah, they used to take. Yeah, they used to take it from high shows and stuff, didn't they? And he'd only come out for like thirty seconds. Oh, right that's for like two minutes. And that's right. And there's even some controversy that it may be in. Inflated. It might not be exactly what it is. Yeah, I think they, like you come out one week and it'd be like eighty five, then you come back the next week like seven days later and it's like ninety eight. It's like uh, twelve matches of five days. One hundred and seventy three. He's at one seventy three and zero. Yeah, ridiculous. She's not going to get as high as Goldberg. There's not a. There's no way. That would take years at this point. Yeah, to be fair, no one wants that. Yeah, I'm that would take years. That would take years. So. All right. Well, um, oh, there was a "This is Awesome" chant during that match, during yeah. Picture in Picture, which I was like, "Huh." I think we had "This is Awesome" chants for I'm going to say eighty percent of the matches that were on this show. They were, they were very much uh, very generous. Dayton was happy. I think the only one that didn't get a "This is Awesome" chant was the uh, the acclaimed match because <laughs> it was over too quickly for them to realize they could start chanting it. <laughs> 
Oh, that's funny. All right. Uh, I do not think you would have had this at your number one. So I don't think you and I had our one and two flipped around. So number two on my list is Darby Allen taking on Samoa Joe for the TNT title. Fucking number one, wasn't it, Brian? Oh, you do have that at number one. Yeah, what a good match this was. What a great match this was. For a no-health bar match, this is how you do it. This was picture... Yeah, this was uh, pretty much perfect booking for a no holds barred match. Obviously. Yeah, I thought this was an insanely fun match, dude. Very hectic, very chaotic, right? Darby coming out right away with a hoodie that he had, like, thumbtacks glued to or some shit. See, I, I thought, thought he borrowed his mum's sparkly jumper or something <laughs> to begin with. And then, like, because you could see it slightly under his coat. And I said, why is he fucking wearing a sparkly jumper? And he pulled it off and it's like, oh, it's that thumbtacks. <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch, you know, right away. Splash in the corner with a thumbtack vest. I don't know. I thought it was kind of dope. Um, this match was crazy, man. And it just continued to go crazy throughout all the way until I, I'm sure you'll come with more spots throughout. But what, what really sticks out for me is obviously near the end when Darby starts taking he, what he grabbed a knife of some sort and just started like slashing at the ropes that are holding the canvas to the, the steel beams and then started cutting away at everything else and exposing yes. the wood to then immediately go for a tope suicida to the outside to Joe miss and go head first through a table after <laughs> yeah. destroying the ring. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. He did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joe, they, they pulled up the steps and they, and Joe fucking tipped him onto the steps. He just like, loosened him off and dropped him out. Oh, you threw him down actually on the steps. Yeah. And he did another spot later on when he was in the corner and uh, Darby started slapping him and Joe was just like, nah, fuck this. He just like tipped Darby over the top rope and a proper like chucked him over the top rope. That was really funny. But I don't know if you got this bit because I don't know if it was in picture in picture or not, but there was a... I watch the feed that gets the uninterrupted. I, f- okay. I, us- I usually will go out of my way to find a fight, a fight feed. So did you pick up on the... Um... Tony Schiavone goes, why is this crowd so split? Uh, half go, let's go Darby. The other half go, let's go Jones. And then um, yeah, Cal- yeah. Cali was laughing and he, he was just like, that's what Taz says. He's like, next I'm going to start saying yam bags. Yeah. With Taz on the brain. I was like, oh my God, the let's go Jones. Um, yeah, uh, we got a... Uh, We've got fucking avalanche brain, avalanche muscle buster onto the exposed wood, which yes. uh, looked pretty fucking savage. And then the um, the iconography, if that's the right word, of Samoa Joe like holding uh, Darby's like pin pinned hoodie around his face, and then Darby trying to like gouge Samoa Joe's eyes out at the same time. That was actually pretty cool. I don't know yeah. if that's the word to use or not. No imagery, maybe the imagery. symbolism. I don't know what it symbolizes. It just looked fucking cool, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was absolutely stellar. And then uh, Wardlow comes down with his uh, fresh haircut. And who does he look like? Matt fucking Morgan, <laughs> the blueprint, baby. It's the DNA of AEW. I put that in Discord uh, that night. And you're like, dude, that's, I watched it now. And like, that's the first thing I thought of before I even saw this. Yeah, yeah. I, I managed to stay out of the Discord chat um, before I watched it. As soon as I watched it, I was like, right, jump in the Discord chat. And you're like, Matt Morgan, fucking beat me to it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Looks just like Matt Morgan. Hilarious. Um, Matt's on a couple podcasts. I wonder if he said anything. Yeah. But uh, I, I actually, I should have known you would have this at number one because the king of television is back. 
He is, baby. And he's got his title back. Apparently, Darby's going to like record a TV show or something or go on a film, so that might be why he's dropped the title. I just think they're playing hot potato with the title. Warlow's going to get it back in like two weeks. Yeah, I thought maybe initially that oh, they just gave Darby the title so he could take it to Japan and be a champion in Japan for Muda's last match and then they come back and he take it back off him. It's possible. I there, Then again, I don't I don't mind when titles get hot potatoed sometimes. Like, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, not everyone needs a 50-0 win streak, to be fair. Yeah, not everyone needs a 870-some-plus day title reign like Roman Reigns has. Yeah, to decimate the entire roster and, and there's no one left. Which, to be fair, I am still totally behind this storyline. Yeah. It's been good over there. Well, not over there. Just with that storyline. Sammy and, and, and what is it? Jey Uso out of the bloodline now, basically. Sammy getting a title shot at Elimination Chamber in Montreal, his hometown. Wait, he's not winning that, is he? No. But still, it's pretty dope. Still pretty cool. Um, Congrats to Samoa Joe. Joey two, two belts time. once again. Yeah. Joey, Joey two times two belts. Joey two belts. Yeah. Good match. Great way to close out Dynamite. So uh, who's next? It's me, Nick. You. Yeah. Back to you and your number four. My number four is going to be Mr. Brian Danielson versus Timothy Fatsett. Ah, we had it switched around. That's my number three. So this this match was okay, but it was a lot of arm stretchy, pulley facey. Um, it was. That's, that's what Timothy Thatcher did a lot of. Yeah, he just. Well, that's 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 his style. I mean, same thing with Zack Saber Jr. Right, same wrestling style. Yeah, <laughs> not not my kind of wrestling style. But... No. I know you're not a big fan of it. That's why I was so excited to see, uh, you know, Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. at Forbidden Door um, when it got turned into Claudio and Zack Sabre Jr. instead. Yeah, this wasn't a squeaker win by any means, but um, Danielson did spend a lot of time on the defensive. And then we got a ref bump for some weird reason. Um, I don't think that was needed. Uh, MJF comes out and uh, Tonosuke Kester, uh, fresh off his other match, come out and uh, brought MJF and they brought to the back and uh, stayed on the match then, didn't they? Stayed on a match there was like uh, a psycho knee from Daniel Brian Danielson gonna get there gonna get there Brian Danielson <laughs> um, and that was the end of that match good uh, I wanted to see more Takeshita uh, so we got back to the back half and it was MJF and Takeshita having a brawl and then Rene Paquette comes out in the middle of them and goes wait 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 TK says you guys got a match next week in an eliminator so I'm very hyped for this me too man I am too um, I thought the struggle that Danielson showed throughout this match with Timothy Thatcher was some solid performance right like he made you believe everything that Thatcher was doing like in more it was it was really incredible to see um it's been so much fun watching Danielson have most of the matches he did. I mean, even his match with Brian Cage, I thought was was really well done. Um, I mean, even this that, that just this just happens, right? Like going back to when Jericho had to do this shit to face MJF, he had really good matches too. Uh, obviously, there was some some bumps Smart along thoughts. the road. Yeah. yeah, like there was some some bumps. I remember there were a few issues with the the Juventud Guerrero match, but it was still fun overall. Um, it's it's just a joy when they bring these people in to to compete in this kind of like one-off type stuff. Hopefully Timothy Thatcher sticks around. It'd be nice to see him a little bit more. Um, he's got such a unique style and he's very intimidating looking. He definitely looks like he could beat the absolute shit out of you. Looks like a circus strongman from like 1920s. Yeah, dude. So much. So, so much. So, um, really fun match and you know we're getting some good stuff out of this to cash to MJF this week on Dynamite hell yeah yeah so there was a 
not long after that 60-minute Ironman match thing was announced, um, there were memes going around of like ways TK could put Takeshita into that match. Um, and if TK's seen that, and he's somehow, we're somehow going to get to cash it inserted into that um, 60 minute Ironman match, then fucking sign me in. I'm up for it then. You think he would really thrust him in that fast? Uh, sure. I think I think we just need to. I think you just need to bite the bullet and do it. Like Takeshita's over. People want to see him. Like um, if they insert Takeshita into that match, there is no guarantee that MJF is still the one that should walk out with the title at that point. And he's only had the title for such a short amount of time. I think maybe maybe he could, and then it leads to... I still to, think he could, sure, he could. It leads to a Takeshita Danielson feud that's um, Takeshita, like, you used to be my hero, now, now you're the villain sort of thing. And then he aligns with Omega, and then hmm. oh, we, we'll build the story from there. It reminds me of, like, when Orange Cassidy was very, very over, so they put Orange Cassidy, Kenny Omega, and Pac in the triple threat main event. They, uh, they did do that for Double or Nothing back in, like, 2020, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, because Orange Cassidy was over. He was nowhere near the main event of AEW, but he was so over that it was like it was just fucking worth doing. So yeah, I think we should do it with Takeshita. Let's go for it. You're not wrong. I wouldn't hate it. It would be a fun way to get it to make you know happen if that is the case. So we shall see. And uh, speaking of Takeshita, he did have a match previously, right before this Danielson Timothy Thatcher match that I had ranked number four, and you would have had then number three, correct? Yeah. Against the machine, Brian Cage, the fucking star. <laughs> this is a pretty good match. Up, yeah. it, it is soon, actually. I think it's up relatively soon. Um, hopefully Tony Khan re-signs him. He, he should not be let go. He, he is worth having around. Um, I thought this match was, was really fun. I distinctly remember the Blue Thunder Bomb that Takeshita did to Cage. I thought it was very nice. He has a great Blue Thunder Bomb. He does. Takeshita has some power. For, for someone who's so much more slender than Brian Cage is, like, he was definitely able to, like, pick him up properly, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He's got strength. He's got he's got the core ability. I mean, it's he's definitely an insane athlete. Uh, both guys insane athletes. Um, this was just a really fun match to watch. Yeah, in my notes, I've got uh, Blue Thunder. And to catch the fucking one, dude. Yeah, that's what we needed. We needed this catch to win. Uh, got a Booyaka Booyaka Brian Cage because uh, he did do a six. Booyaka Booyaka Brian Cage. So I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's three syllables. Booyaka Booyaka Brian Cage. <laughs> dope. So yeah, repackaged WWE. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Cage is German. Send that over to promo, promo Joe. <laughs> Um, Cage's suplex to Takeshita, like Takeshita landed on his like shoulders, sort of neck area. That was quite scary looking. Um, to get some nice, uh, nice rolling elbow from Takeshita, and then Brian Cage came back with a really good discus lariat. Um, there was an issue with the fight feed. It like it dropped out, and you know when it gets like the the five six coloured lines go across the screen. It did that for like ten seconds. I remember so I that. Of, yeah, there was a. We a sheer drop, a sheer drop brain buster, and then he did another one. But there was something like ten seconds in between that, that I just I didn't get access to. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Kester hit his knee strike, which I'm guessing is is his finishing move. I don't actually know what his finishing move is. Seems to be that's what he's using. I think he's used yeah. it before. But yeah, our boy Kester finally got a win on Dynamite. He did it. He's on his way to getting inserted into the Revolution main event. Yeah. One win on Dynamite, all that you need. Oh, now he's got to win that Eliminator match and we're good to go. Yeah, yeah. 
which he could, maybe with the help of Danielson. Or somebody else, maybe. I don't know. There's always the... Um, Don Callis. Don Callis, the, the Sean Dean trick. Like, MJF doesn't need to be pinned. He just needs to be disqualified. True. Like, yeah. Very true, indeed. So we'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, how did you rank Dynamite? Do you know what? I actually went 4.5 this week. I thought it was a uh, thoroughly good Dynamite, yeah. I went an even four stars. Okay, that's not terrible. That's not I considered terrible four and a half, but... I decided to just stick with the even four. Um, still a very good dynamite. This was a very good dynamite. It was indeed. All right. Well, shall we now jump into, you know what? Instead of jumping right into Rampage, because we don't have any hook this week, do we? No. So then let's do a little hook of the week. What the hook be? Sev, you said you were looking forward to the hook this week. I did, and this is a little, like, tangent, because my hook is inspired, but it's not actually what I'm going to use. Oh, okay. So what I found while searching for hooks was a space opera plot hook generator, and what this is, is you basically, you roll a dice, and for every number the dice lands on, gives you a different item or thing. So, for instance, the the categories are, what do you have? Where does it need to go? Who else wants it? What do you need? And who can help? So, say, for instance, you roll a three on what do you have? And it's the sacred royal treasure of a prominent alien race. And then go to where does it need to go and you roll a seven and it says to someone that can keep it safe for us so although my um hook is inspired by the space opera plot hook generator this isn't a space <laughs> this isn't a space opera podcast so what have i done sev's made sev's storyline hook generator so my Brian, god my <laughs> god what the what fuck have you done <laughs> what we've got is um Ten wrestlers under the what do you have. Okay. Ten options under the what do they want. Ten options on who do they have to face. And ten options on what the blow-off match will be. So, Brian, if this is not too much trouble, are you able to roll a D10 for me? Oh, yeah. Are we doing this in... Yeah, you can do this in the Discord. In Discord? All right, we'll do it under the podcast channel. Uh, let me just remember quickly how to roll with Dice Maiden. Roll, then I hit enter, right? Yeah, 1d20, right? That's what you want? A d10. 1d10? Yeah, a, a four. 4. So who do you have? Number 4 is Kanoshke Takeshita. Okay. If you'd like to roll again, what does Takeshita want? A nine. He wants eight of his contract. <laughs> okay. Okay, and if you can roll again, like who has he got to face? A one. He's got to face Big Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you can, one more time for me and to see what match uh, he got. A number eight. A mile in my shoes match. Um, a mile in my shoes match. Our boy, take a shitter. Once out of his contract, so he's got to face Big Bill. <laughs> so I had to think of um, 10 random, like, Seb-like matches. Obviously, Tar Pit was number one, but uh, <laughs> a Mile in My Shoes match is a match where both contestants start and they have to uh, swap a tyre to see what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes for a mile. And they, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Takeshita would have to wear Big Bill's clothes and Big Bill would have to wear Takeshita's clothes and uh, they would wrestle, so... My final question is, Brian, would you book this match and would Takeshita win? I, I would not book this match. <laughs> I would not book this match. 
but Takeshita would win if I did. Yeah. Well, you're not going to Which, means, it, which means he would get out of his contract, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so my hook generator failed, but that was um, Sev's storyline hook generator. All right. I like it. Now you just need to develop that into an actual program that we can release for, for listeners to play along at home. Yeah. I'm sure I can add more matches. <laughs> All right. Shall we jump to Rampage? Yeah, go for it. Jumping to Rampage, we are still at the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. This was taped right after Dynamite. Four things. We swap. So, Sev, you'll be on the highs. I will be on the lows. So, I will kick things off with my number four. And that is the tag team match of Tony Storm and Soraya taking on the Renegade Twins. Yeah, that's completely right. I had one thing ranked like 7.8 and everything else on this ranked a 6. So the last three for me, the last three out of four for me were all sort of hard to choose. But yeah, I ultimately went with um, who I'm calling Bitter Rejects uh, versus the Renegade Twins. (laughs) Bitter Rejects. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't think they'll actually use that as their tag team name, though. Um, I enjoy the heel work of Tony Storm and Soraya. I think I agree with your boy in in Discord, uh, Lombard, about uh, Tony and Soraya being better as heels. Um, I, I do think that has been hitting a little bit harder than when they tried to to shoehorn them in his face. I mean, I think it was right to have Soraya come out as a face to start out, right? You got that big, massive pop, one of the biggest AEWs ever heard. But yeah. this storyline, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's it's making sense, and I don't hate it. Um, I, I think there's going to be some some fun things to come out of this, right? We've been seeing Britt Baker get attacked in the back. Um, we saw that last week, and then what? Uh, Ruby Soho checking on her, and R- Ruby's like, "Well, they're not my girls," and Britt's like, "Oh no, they're your girls." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna get some interesting shit to come out of this. But uh, this match was all right. It wasn't spectacular, but I liked the green spray paint at the end. Yeah, see, I think I'd have liked the spray paint if they'd have sprayed painted more because they just put owls on them and you they couldn't did. Really understand that they were owls until, like, Soraya did the owl-shaped thing for Loser. So it had to be, even though it was one letter, it still had to be spelled out to us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think Tony, Tony Storm as a heel is absolutely miles better. Um, she was giving some really stiff punches after the Luthez press she did. Her hip attacks had more force behind them too. Yeah, yeah. Just Tony Storm as a vicious person just works so much better. Um, unfortunately, Soraya can't uh, can't hit a lariat for shit. Um, they still look super bad. But she did do this like... Maybe she running. should try the buck shit lariat. Yeah, maybe she should. Um, but she did uh, like a running knee thing. Or the punk um, shit lariat. What'd you call it? I think that's what it was. Yeah, punks is the punk shit lariat, yeah. Um, yeah, rather than doing like a sort of knee to the side of the head. She sort of like knee up into the jaw. So it was kind of like an uppercut, but um, obviously with a knee, like that looked um, very, very painful. And then uh, the only other thing I shout out is uh, Charlotte got a pot for the hot tag, even though she lasted about 30 seconds once she got She there. did, yeah, I know. Yeah, Robin, Robin <laughs> did all the uh, took all the beat and Charlotte gets the pop. And then, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. One thing I thought was funny commentary, was it Tony Schiavone that asked Excalibur, how do you know which one is Robin and which one is Charlotte? And Excalibur's like, Robin's got the curly hair. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Shivani just starts laughing. Excalibur's like, you'll know. Once you've been in the business as long as I have, you'll pick up <laughs> on that kind of stuff. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> 
That's funny. All right, what's your number one? Um, I think it's the only obvious one, really, isn't it? It's going to be the Elite versus uh, Paige, Hardy, and Party. So I got <laughs> Paige, Hardy, and Party. So I got number one too. Yeah, although this was like, this was the best match on Rampage. It, it was by the, by a long shot. Yeah, it wasn't there. I don't necessarily think I'd have put this at number one if it had been on Dynamite. I think it'd have probably. Out of the six things we ranked, it probably would have hit like four, four or five. Um, but yeah, it took it took a while to pick up pace. Um, I say Casty's like the most interesting person in that trio. Essentially, Matt Hardy's been around long enough now that we all know what he's doing. Um, and he's currently tied up with Ethan Page, who's trying to like steal his glory, sort of thing. Right. Um, Shout out to Nick Isaiah Cassidy's moan from Dynamite, where Kenny Omega was creeped the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, it was very good, to be fair, when they were in a basketball court. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was weird as fuck. Um, but yeah, does Nick always start out when the Elite come out? He feels to me like every time they have a trios match, it's Nick Jackson versus whoever the most athletic person is from the other team. And they I think little, usually, like, I mean, Nick's, Nick's probably got the most stamina, I think, out of all three of those guys. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, this match took a while to pick up pace, to be fair. And then he seemed to like really get good once it broke down and the tags weren't happening so often or weren't so in force. Um, I will call out uh, Kenny's like V trigger to the back of Isaiah, Isaiah Casty's head and he hit fucking like the bottom turnbuckle. That looks super savage. Um, yeah, this, this, was, this was essentially a filler match, but it was pretty good. There was a nice sequence in this match where Isaiah Cassidy hit a Canadian destroyer to Nick Jackson, which was then immediately followed into like this corner throw from Matt Hardy and Ethan Page where they crossed Nick's arms and like put him up on the top rope and then like pulled him down. Yeah. Or no, that was Isaiah and Ethan did that because then they Twist of picked fate him back up and threw him into Matt Hardy who hit a like a spiking twist of fate. Yeah. Which was a really cool segment or sequence. Yeah. It was I think it was like two spots where yeah, Isaiah Casty like he got spiked on his head and showed his like neck strength by like pointing himself upwards in the air. And then I think Nick Jackson did it like, a couple of minutes later as well. He just, um, yeah, really selling those moves well. Is Mark Quinn injured? They did say on commentary that he was injured, yeah. Okay, I thought so. I thought so. I thought I heard that, but I wanted to make sure because that would make sense as to why Isaiah Cassidy is kind of doing this right now. Yeah, just treading water at the moment. Right, just biding time basically. Great way to kick off Rampage. Good match. Great match. Definitely. Yeah, great so, match. What's next? Number three on my list. I got my two and three left. Let's see if we can do this. See if we can keep the full housing up for Rampage. Number three for me is Brian Pillman Jr. taking on Swerve Strickland. We did it. Yeah. Hey, full housing. Uh, does Pillman have any music? Yeah, he does. Fly, he's flying Brian. The Titantron's like number 41, in it? 41, flying Brian. Has he had that previously? I think he might have had that before he was with Griff Garrison. Oh, um, so this could be an to... old theme just coming back that I didn't remember. Yeah, unless he, unless he's had a change. Or did he have some, like, Bengals thing last time? Is he, like, well, like, when he was with... Tiger? When he was with... Yeah, that's what I thought. And then when he was with Griff, he had that, like, 80s hair metal type song and this one even sounds very 80s as well and I think that's what I like about Brian Pillman Jr. so much is that yeah. he just is is a walking capsule 
of an 80s rock star, right? Like, he's got the hair, right? It's a mullet that's kind of grown out now, so it's got some length all around, so it kind of looks like what a lot of those, or even like what Shawn Michaels looked like back in the early 90s. Like, he's got that style going on with his hair, um, the music, the way that he dresses. I am a big fan of Pillman Jr., and I wish that he was more of a staple on TV. I think he's got a great look. I really do. I actually thought this match went way longer than I thought it would go. I'm not complaining about that at all, but I thought this was going to be a quick swerve match, but it wasn't. Yeah, see, originally I thought um, it was a bit mean of swerve just to call out Pillman. Um, yeah, who's like, oh, was it like second generation nepotism or something is what he dislikes, so he's going to call out Brian Pillman Jr. Um, it was like, mate, he's on dark all the time. Like, what are you, you going to prove by beating him up? Um, but yeah, the, the, the Goatman guy, he's called Trench now. Um, something like that, Trench, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is a not very good name, to be honest, but that's what he's got. Um, but yeah, as you said, this match went longer than I thought it would. I thought it was going to be a squash. Um, Brian was sort of keeping up. He was a little starry at the start, but then sort of kind of got into the flow of it. And then Swerve did this, like, he pulled his leg straight, and they played it off that, like, Swerve had pulled his leg backwards, like, into the knee in reverse. Um, so then Pillman played on a knee injury for the rest of the match, which was essentially... Um, he go, yeah, he just got beaten for the rest of the match, didn't he? And then the moguls uh, decided they needed to interfere, which was unnecessary. And then we got a top rope stomp, and uh, then a beatdown ensued. And uh, I thought we were in Texas, because uh, that guy Dustin Rhodes turned up. <laughs> guess where we are next week, Brian? Are we in Texas next week? I'm pretty sure we're in Texas next week. Are we really? I mean, I guess it would make sense, because doesn't even... Oh, we are in El Paso, Texas next week. Followed by Laredo the week after. Oh, no. Oh, we're not in two Texases. We got two weeks of Texas coming up. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. We got Dustin coming up. We got Lance Archer coming up. Thunder Rosa coming back. Thunder Rosa will be back this week. She's actually from San Antonio, I think, or some, some shit like that. So Yeah. Yeah. Which they are not in. They think they were just in not that long ago. Maybe. I don't know. Um, They are. AEW is coming to Pittsburgh, I see. I'm looking at their... uh, uh. AEW Ticks website um, because some new shows were announced, right? With that uh, Troy, Ohio House Rules show. I did not know that they announced a Pittsburgh show. Oh, okay. Isn't Action Andretti, is he from Pittsburgh, guys? I don't know. Obviously, Brit's from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. But uh, yeah, April 19th, Pittsburgh, PA tickets are not on sale yet. Mm-hmm. This Friday. Hmm. I might go. Mate, you won't go to the ones that are in Ohio. Why are you going to go to the ones that are in Pittsburgh? Well, this is only an hour from me, too. So the ones from in, the ones that are in Cleveland are an hour from me. The ones that are in Pittsburgh are an hour from me. I'm uh, an hour okay. from both cities. Wow. Um, damn, I might go. Yeah? I want to. It's been, a, it's been oh, three years now, actually. Wow. Last one I went to live was January of 2020 when AEW was at a dynamite taping in Cleveland right before the pandemic. Okay. And I haven't been back since. <laughs> so I want to go. Hey, go. We can all play spot ride in the crowd. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a good chance I'm going to hit my buddy up, see if he wants to go with me. So I don't have to go by myself. If you can I'll just put up a blank, uh, take a sign that's got nothing written on it. So then I can just meet with different signs. Okay. I'll do that. Thank you. I, I would definitely just take like a <laughs> blank white poster board. <laughs> Hold it up. Just make sure make sure it's long enough for you to get a screen cap of it. Yes, yes. And then never put it back up again. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. I might do that. All right. Uh, we got one left. It's both of our number two. It's technically you. What is it? Oh, this is going to be Roosh versus uh, the fallen agent, Christopher Daniels. Um, yeah. I like, I like seeing event. Christopher Daniels. I like Christopher Daniels. Me too. I like seeing Perro Perigroso. The mask collector. The mask collector, dude. I think having a jacket with ripped masks stapled onto them is a pretty dope idea. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. It's just a... Uh... It was well, well documented. I'm not a fan of mass taking, the mass, mass gripping thing. So this gimmick obviously not going to work with me. But um, yeah, I love seeing Daniels. I don't think at, at this point I don't think I'm a fan of Rush anymore. I think no, I'm, uh, I, no, I think I'm done with his match style, his his taunts, his getting the cable out, whipping it, strangling with it, um, doing the 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 run up when they're in the corner in you know, like the Bronco Buster position and then stopping and then just doing a kick or a slap. The uh the forty yard stare and the uh the bull's horns, um, which to be fair this match did look quite vicious. But yeah, it's it's kind of a paint by numbers for Roosh with me at the moment. I kind of feel like I've seen everything he does. No. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. Um he's definitely not as exciting as some other people, right? Like Bandito or Drillistico or even Andrade to an extent, right? Um, he's got some some really good things about him. I, I do think I, I like his look. I think Roosh has an excellent look, to be fair. Well, he definitely looks like a slimy bastard that, yeah, you wouldn't want to do deals with. But, but yeah, um, it was nice seeing Daniels in the main event getting some time to shine. Roosh did. They, dude, they always bring out that green cable that made yeah. a, its its appearance. Um once again. And then I thought it was so much fun near the end of the match when Christopher Daniels started using LFI's numbers against them to create yes. distractions. Like he gra uh so he had um something was happening, right? Uh Jose the assistant had Pero or he had Daniels and then Pero Peligroso went for the super kick, but he ended up kicking or it wasn't even a super, it was like a pump kick, but he kicked Jose the assistant, and then Daniels took out Preston Vance and then rolled Jose the assistant into the ring and then like ran around to the other side while Roosh was like what the hell are you doing in the ring and then rolled him up for a, like a schoolboy I don't know I thought it was kind yeah, of funny yeah. <laughs> it was a clever little super intelligent fair. yeah super yeah, intelligent yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was wasn't terrible as I said we got to number two for me because uh, Christopher Daniels was out there if it was anyone else it probably wouldn't have hit so high yeah agreed 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 <sighs> so for me I ranked this rampage at three stars okay I went with quite harsh uh, 2.5 oh you went two and a half okay yeah, I, yeah. I obviously did give it a little bit of um, because the elite and Ethan Page Matt Hardy Isaiah Cassidy they did have 15 minutes basically of that hour so like a fourth yeah. of the show was them and that match was so much fun um, I, I think that this this probably was for me at least three stars all right well looking ahead to this week on dynamite and rampage we don't know anything for this coming up rampage we do not know that uh, nothing's been announced but we do know this dynamite coming as we just mentioned from the El Paso County Coliseum in El Paso, Texas we have six matches confirmed already a stacked Dynamite, one that they're calling Championship Fight Night, uh -huh. with all the titles having some implications on this card. Uh, Roosh will be taking on Brian Danielson. Remember, Danielson must win. And I think this is the final match 
Didn't they say up to February 8th? Yeah. So I believe this should be the final match. We'll see. Last chance saloon. We have the Garcia Guevara gauntlet, which is Ricky Starks going up against Cool Hand Ange, Daddy Magic, then either Sammy or Danny Garcia, and then ultimately Chris Jericho all at once. Yes. And what's interesting is that Jake Hager was not mentioned at all, was not even included in the graphic. I don't know where he is. I don't know. Maybe he's getting a new hat, new purple hat. Getting a new hat fitted, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the tag team titles will be on the line, as we mentioned earlier. The Acclaim defending against the Guns. The Trios titles will be on the line, as the Elite defends against Top Flight and A.R. Fox. The Women's title, Eliminator match. Jamie Hayter taking on the Bunny. If the Bunny wins, she will get a future Women's title shot. And the World title Eliminator match, MJF taking on Kanosuke Takeshita. If Takeshita wins, he will get a future World title shot. Fingers crossed. This looks like a pretty good dynamite. Yeah, and with with four championship implication matches, you'd have to assume that at least one of them comes to fruition, right? You would so think, the, yes. Either you would the think. Guns are going to win, Top Flight are going to win, Kesh is going to win, or the or the Bunny. Win. Mm, yeah, something's happening next week that's probably going to be worth tuning to. Yep, I'll be watching. Check it out live with us. Jump in Discord, chat along. Well, actually, it would just be me. Sev doesn't watch these live because he sucks. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> All right, man. Well, before we get on out of here, before we close this show up, you know what we need to do. We need to hit the gong. And it's time to do the burial ground. It's been so long. I don't remember what we did last, so I don't care. But it's on you. What's our burial ground this week? Uh, so our burial ground this week, um, going dying because she didn't get the job done. I'm very disappointed in her, is uh, Red Velvet. Okay, Red Velvet taking a slip. And then someone who has had it harsh from me critically for a long time but has improved Brian Cage no Brian Cage is not if I ever put Brian Cage up then yeah (laughs) I don't know I sold my soul to the devil no this week going up um, is Tony Storm oh wow yeah I think she has vastly improved becoming the heel okay all right, Tony Storm getting the the rise, Red Velvet dropping down a bit. I don't know where that puts them both officially, but I I would agree with that. I think that's a good burial ground. I respect that. <sighs> All right, well, that being out of the way, that being done, do you have anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, just a quick twenty seconds because we missed last week. Um, if anyone didn't watch Rampage last week. You should go back and check out um, Jamie Hayter versus Emi Sakura because Emi Sakura went not, not doing the bloody um, Queen We Will Rock You stuff when she's actually putting the She's a Tough Nut gimmick on. Like, that was a very good match. We will, we will rock you. I love when she just starts screaming that every match. <laughs> I don't that puts me off but um, yeah that was a very good match so you should all check out if you haven't seen it already this is a good match Jamie has had fucking phenomenal title defenses already dude absolutely she really has All right. Well, that is going to bring us to the close of the show. We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers, an Ollie Wrestling podcast made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details and ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in those show notes will be a link to our Discord server. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Come hang out. It's a lot of fun. 
Closing out the show, as usual, is going to be theme song of the week. It's been a minute. I do not remember what the last actual theme song we chose to put in the show was. So it doesn't matter. Sev, it's on you. What's our theme song this week? We didn't even talk about it, so I'm hoping it's on there. Hoping I can find it. Uh, our theme song this week is going out to one of my Impact homeboys. Um, uh, this is going to the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Oh, okay. Well, that's definitely easy to find, I think. We will then close out with Christopher Daniels' AEW theme titled Wings of a Fallen Angel. Now hit the music.